0: Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I'm Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, we're about a week removed now from the NBA draft. How
1: are we feeling? This episode always feels weird because we have a little bit of like a a delay between podcast episodes with me and you. So I always feel like, okay, it's been way too long since (laughs) I talked to Metcalf, but feeling good. Recharge the batteries a little bit. feel like I slept more in the last week than I have probably in the last month. So that's always nice. Um. I'm good. I'm, I'm getting the itch now. been watching some FIBA play. Me and you have texted on the side. It's not as awesome as usual, but there's still some intriguing stuff to get excited about. Um, it, it, I'm looking for any reason to just fill my void before Summer League gets here. How are you doing, Metcalf? Everything good? Thriving. Just, you know, the, the the joys of grad school midterms with work <sighs> and
0: closing on a house just... The best of times but we got summer league next week uh like you said we got fiba play um which hasn't been my favorite basketball experience of the year but it's still basketball so it's better than nothing um h- how are
1: you filling your time now that we don't have just hours and hours of tape to watch um a lot of crazy stuff um you know trying to do as many pods as i can just to kind of talk about the draft to fill that um looking into getting a new car for the fam which is yeah. always a fun process um <laughs> my truck is falling apart so kind awesome. of having to say goodbye while also saying hello so you know i thought it was going to be peaceful after the draft and instead instead life just said hey like here's here's a different you know type of chaos for you but it's great you know it's it's kind of you know maybe grow up really quick and now I'm more ready for Vegas than I've ever been in my life. So, um, no, just I'm getting prepared to launch a couple of big pieces at No Ceilings, two pieces I love to do that are, you know, I'm going to do kind of a draft grades piece that's not draft grades because I can't stand draft grades. Me, I, I vented to you before we hit record. And then I'm going to do a, a TV viewer's guide kind of style for Summer League with going over all the rosters. I'm telling everyone listening, like, I'm very excited. Metcalf's going to summer league. This is going to be your first summer league, right? It is. It is. I'm so excited for this year's class, not just because Victor, but like the sophomores that are yeah. coming back. Like these rosters are going to be jacked up. It's very, very exciting. So I know there's already some fan bases. Like I saw some Kings fans were very passionate. Like, why is Keegan Murray <laughs> playing? Just calm down. Sometimes those guys get put on the roster for one game and then they shut them down. But um, a lot of really exciting names this year. You know we got like Blake Wesley, Malachi Brandham, guys like that, whatever it's gonna be kind of like a remember me and going up against the rookies. It's, it's gonna be a really fun year.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. Um, I believe the the whole crew is gonna be uh, you, Corey, Nick, Paige, and myself will be out there. So listeners, if you see us, say hi. We'd love to yeah. we'd we'd love to meet up with a, with any and all of you. Um should be a blast. Today we're just going to kind of give our reactions to the draft that happened last week. Now that we're a week removed, we can be a little less reactionary, a little more level headed, a little more optimistic than maybe we we were on draft night. Um, We're just going to kind of run through team by team, pick by pick. um, And then at the end, we're going to go over the draft stock game results. Um, Pretty pleased with it. Just a little teaser. Um, All right, but let's just dive into these reactions. We'll go team by team here. Uh alphabetical order, I think these results are all right given the absurd insanity of the trades. Um if I get one of these players wrong and the on their wrong team, I apologize. But Atlanta Hawks with the 15th pick, they took Kobe Bufkin, the 39th pick. Uh they ended up with Mohammed Gay, the 46th pick, Seth Lundy.
1: Yeah, I'm going over my rankings because I want to make sure we're we're correct too. Um so that's what I've got. Um, well, uh, me and you talked on the air for everyone that did join us for the um, draft show. That was awesome. We had a we had a blast mm-hmm. on that. Um, I vented my frustrations about the trade processing of you know reporting. Not going to go down there anymore. I got got it out of my system. So thanks everyone for bearing with me. Um, I I you know the more I thought about this haul for Atlanta, I like what they did. I I really did like. I think they did a good job of getting some good value with Kobe Bufkin. That roster is probably going to look much different um, after free agency, and there might yeah. be some trades on the horizon. I know there's been plenty of DeAndre Hunter buzz. Um, maybe Clint Capella is on the way out. Well, we don't Collins know. already gone. Yeah, John Collins. Finally, congratulations, John Collins. The trade rumor is gone. Um, I, I'm just. I think Atlanta did a good job of not trying to reach for like a position of need because that roster is all over the place. They just took the best player available. And, you know, I, I'm still curious to see if the Murray Trey young combo is going to work. And a lot of people were like, why did Atlanta get nothing for John Collins? It's like, there's extensions on the horizon for this team that they got to have to figure out. I think Murray's got one more year and then he's in line for a big extension. So, um, getting Buffkin, I think, it, it, it's always difficult with some teams to like, we're like, they have two guards. Why would you draft another one? It's like, you need depth. You need pieces to rotate. Like we always say you get to the playoffs. Like it's not the starting five. You need eight guys that you can r- run around. So I like, I liked Buffkin in the first. Are you warming up on it? Or are you still kind of annoyed with the, with the fit? I'm just annoyed for the sake of Kobe Bufkin. Um, but for,
0: from a, a team-building standpoint, from an Atlanta Hawks standpoint, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, he, I think he's more of that kind of combo two guard than either Trey or DeJounte naturally are. I think he can play off of or with or without either of them. Um, if DeJounte Murray leaves in free agency after next year, I believe he's a 2024 free agent. So next offseason this time, if DeJounte Murray goes somewhere else, then I think Kobe Buffkin can either slide in as that kind of backup one, two off the bench or move into the starting lineup as a two guard. Um, obviously, depending on if AJ Griffin makes another jump, what happens with DeAndre Hunter? You know, there are a lot of pieces that can be moved around, but I think he just provides a lot of versatility to that backcourt overall, both in the short term and long term. Um, I really came around on the Mohammed gay pick, i'm warming up
1: on it i I,
0: i'm really am go ahead i was i was just a little lower on him in my rankings and just looking back on it he's one of those guys where it's like this should be someone that i'm a lot higher on and he he's skilled the shot looks okay the percentages weren't there but you know we've had some of his teammates and guys who played against him that told us they think he's going to be able to shoot it just fine um relatively new to basketball, really good kid, hard worker. So I think he provides a nice kind of versatility and uh, kind of a fire and ice or offset to what Capella and Okong will provide. So if things go right, it wouldn't shock me if he has a Nas Reed esque development curve and impact in the future. I thought that was just a really interesting kind of home run swing for them. And then just Seth Lundy, just wing depth you need wings in this league. And if they're moving off Deandre Hunter, they moved John Collins already. Who knows what they're kind of doing in the next year or so, but could be some long-term insurance.
1: Muhammad gay definitely seems like a guy that, you know, it is a a smart, intelligent second round pick to be like, we're not rushing this process at all. I feel like he just need reps. There's going to be a lot of guys in the second round that I think are going to do wonders with some G league run. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think Lundy's the sneaky wild card m- might find a way to stick in on that roster early and, and carve a roll out in the rotation. So I like what they did. I I, I really do. Like, Mohammed Gay was a name that, like you said, Metcalf, like, I feel like we talked to some, some players and they were all praising him. Mm-hmm. It's just the consistency, I think, with him. I think he's got the tools yeah. that you want to develop, but he's just going to need some time to let it all come together. And I think with Atlanta that they have the luxury of kind of letting him probably go get some run in the G league and and work on it and get reps. So I think it was a good haul. It was one of those, like you, you got done with the draft, went back and looked at it and you're like, okay, this, this is a lot more intriguing than my first glance.
0: All right. uh, Moving on to the Boston Celtics who despite drafting about seven different players and making a billion trades uh, came away with just Jordan Walsh with at the 38th pick.
1: Yeah, was uh very frustrating because I got excited about three different picks. Um I've as a Celtics fan, I've bought into Walsh very quickly because I know what they're drafting him for. Like I, I listen to Brad Stevens talk about it, and he's just like, We buy the upside long term and, and he's special defensively, which he is. And they're gonna need a guy that's a hustle guy because Marcus Smart's out of town. I don't think I'm not expecting Walsh to come in and, and do that right away as a rookie, but down the road, you might be looking at like, okay, this is our defensive stopper. This is our Lou Dort, If you want to say it that way, where it's like Walsh is coming in for energy and to play outstanding defense with this team. So, um, I know it's a little bit interesting, like the the path they went to get him. But I do think it's smart when you looked at it, and you see like, oh, how many picks the Celtics got with some of these trades back. They saved some salary cap with moving out of the first. But um, it's just going to be a wait and see, and that's why I'm I'm never a big fan of draft grades right away because like Jordan Walsh's grade right now and in three years is probably going to be drastically different because they're going to allow him to to develop.
0: Yeah, and I I think something that's really interesting with him is I I, I kind of wanted to see him go back to school for another year. Yes. Um, I just think that would have really helped him take on a bigger role, maybe develop the shot a little better. But it's kind of tough to envision him going to a better landing spot in terms of developing and being put in a place to succeed than Boston. And I think that's going to be a place where he's not going to be thrown into the fire early. Um, I'm assuming he's going to get plenty of time in the G League. He's going to be put in not- – Positions to succeed. So, at the thirty eighth pick, I I kind of end up liking it. I almost mm-hmm. wish they would have just kept Colby Jones and James Naji because I was just a yep. lot higher on both those guys. But long term thinking, you know, roster building, flexibility, cap situation, all that kind of stuff. I get it. It's it's more of an upside swing. He I think he was a five star. I believe he was a five star recruit um, coming into college. Guys like Nathan and Maxwell at no ceilings were really, really high on him. He showed some mm-hmm. passing stuff. Some people buy the shot because of the mechanics. I'm a little more skeptical because of the touch. I think that's a little harder to fix, but we'll see. Um, okay, Brooklyn Nets came away with Noah Clowney at the 21st pick, Derek Whitehead at the 22nd pick, and Jalen Wilson with the 51st pick.
1: I, I like this haul a lot, Metcalf. I, I actually uh, I went on the Brooklyn Buzz podcast and, and- – Shout out to those guys for having me on. And I was just talking about it. And the more I kept talking, I was like, man, this is a nice haul. This is really wow. smart. And I admitted, I was like, I had Noah clowny lower. I think me and you have talked about it. Like we had clowny lower on our boards, but if he ended up with the right team, I think it made all the sense for him to be a first round pick. And that's why I was like, okay, it makes sense. He got a green room invite. Um, but going to a team like Brooklyn, where they're going to be patient, it looks like Michael Bridges is going to be the guy. They got a lot of questions still, and they're probably going to be patient with their not a rebuild, but I'm just saying you're you're going to start adding pieces to try to form an identity. I think Noah Clowney ended up in a great place where he can get either reps in the G League or be a rotation big early on, just because he's going to be. I think he's going to be one of these like low mistakes but just makes an impact where it's like rebounding, shot blocking, playing smart. Um, But I think he just needs a ton of reps and time and patience. And um, I thought Dariq going there was like an absolute dream. Like, yeah, the draft was over and I was like, Dariq ended up in a perfect place. Obviously the the team surgeon performed Dariq's last operation. So they have all the intel in the world of that. Um, And I just think that we're, they're going to be very, very smart with him. They're gonna be like, we, we potentially got a gold mine value here, but we can't rush him back to the court. We he's they got two of the youngest prospects in this class in the first round. So I think they're thinking long term. And I I don't know. What did you think?
0: Yeah, and I had Drake as my third ranked prospect coming into the year, and then he just had the season from hell. So It sucks because the the talent is there. He shot it way better than I thought he was going to, and he's over 40% from three. Um, And that was the big question with him coming into the season. And then I think the injuries just kind of sapped everything else out of his game. So if the surgeon wasn't confident in the injury and the recovery, Nets wouldn't be taking him here. So that gives me a little more optimism with him. Um, Like you said, they have all the intel because their doctor did the surgery. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really good place for him to kind of step in and take it slow because they they do have some guards and some shooters where again, he's not going to be thrown into the fire and he's going to be allowed to learn to mentally slow down the game a little bit, to get used to the pace, the physicality, all of that. Noah Clowney, it wouldn't surprise me if he sees a decent amount of minutes early because the Nets really struggled with size and rebounding off the bench he provides both of those. Um, I don't think you want to play him as a full-time center, but he. I think he could play alongside Claxton. I think he could play mm-hmm. alongside Sharp because he showed a willingness to shoot from outside, which is really important for young guys. I know the percentages weren't necessarily there, but the willingness, the confidence to take those spot-up shots, I, th- I think that's a really good indicator for the long-term growth. And then Jalen Wilson just – I think he's going to be a solid role player for – A handful of years um I don't think they're necessarily gonna strike gold with him but I don't think he's going to be a bust because in a lesser role where he's just asked to be that physical defender to rebound to you know slash attack closeouts play a simple game on both ends of the floor I think he's
1: a really decent option as a kind of deeper bench piece I for sure could see Clowney playing alongside Claxton almost going a little bit old school with like the too big mindset, because I think Claxton's your versatile thinner bodied center. That's just lengthy can move around. He he had such a good year last year. And I think Clowney will, his body's going to fill out more and he could be that kind of smart player next to Claxton that all of a sudden, if that shot comes around, he's the floor spacer. Like, I hate throwing around Al Horford as a comparison, but I think the idea of him. Yeah. Where like if like, everything this, goes right. Yes. Yes. Like not saying he will be at that ceiling, but I'm saying he might be one of those like smart player that you, him and Claxton next together is a really nice wrinkle in your offense. um, And I, Wilson, I keep thinking it's going to, he's going to figure a way out to just stick. Like I, we joked on the no ceiling show. I was like, when was the last time a guy that averaged 20 a game went this late in the draft? And I'm just fascinated. And I've talked to you and Nick. I think I talked to you and Nick on the air. I was like, do we think he's gonna be more efficient now? Because he's not gonna have to carry the load. And I, I do think that. Like I I am buying that he might find a way to stick on this roster and, and we might look up and just be like Jalen Wilson's figured out a way to play 10 years in the league. And I, I don't know, but I just I think he's going to surprise some people. I think he just had a tough pre-draft process. Like he didn't stand out in the combine. I think teams are probably worried about like, okay, he wasn't as efficient with a heavier load, but now life might get a little easier when he doesn't have to do everything.
0: All right. The Charlotte Hornets took Brandon Miller with the second pick, Nick Smith Jr. with the 27th, James Naji with the 31st, uh, and Amari
1: Bailey with the 41st. You'd start this one off because I'm really curious to hear if I'm going crazy. Cause I'm starting to really buy into this one. Or if oh, I'm a little on the fence, I feel like each time I see a name, I'm like, yes, uh, yes. Uh, like, I, I don't know. It's just, I'm buying into the value, but am I crazy? You started off.
0: This was one of my more puzzling, uh, draft holes. Okay. okay. Um, so, Brandon Miller is a very worthy second overall pick in and even a first overall pick in the vast majority of drafts. I think Brandon Miller is awesome. The fit on Charlotte is incredible. Um, We've talked plenty about him in scoot. I don't want to go too into that. I would have taken scoot. Whatever. I don't think Brandon Miller is necessarily a bad pick. Um, Nick Smith Jr. We were getting a lot of buzz that he was going lottery range. He ends up falling a lot um that on the surface i don't hate him going to charlotte uh it'll be interesting to see if they play him more as a 2 instead of a 1 i don't know i think he's going to need a lot of time i think it's going to be really really interesting uh james naji i love james naji i had almost a top 20 grade on him why are they taking another center after re- taking mark williams after re-signing nick richards how many of these rim running limited centers do you need? I just, I don't like that fit for him. I think there were a lot of other ways they could have gone there. There are a bunch of wings on the board that they could have taken. Um, And then Amari Bailey, similar thing to Nick Smith. Amari Bailey had a lot of fans in the pre-draft process. He was playing really, really well. Um, I kind of am surprised that he didn't even go just a little earlier and again, this is nothing against him. It's just why are you taking him and Nick Smith Jr. in the same draft? It, it felt like a lot of redundancy and just kind of taking guys for the heck of it, and not a very not a really clear team building approach.
1: It the problem is, is I love the Brandon Miller and Naji picks. so much I actually love the Naji pick okay. because convince me. I think it's the Richards part makes it a little bit of a weird curveball, but I'm also thinking like there's extensions that happen in the NBA where I'm like, you're, you're clearly just kicking the can down the road. Like you might like him as a player. You might like him being around the organization and you're just saying like, we want him around. We're not giving up. Let's do this. But I also think like you get to a point where Najee is going to have a higher ceiling. Yeah. If you're buying, like, Mark Williams is our starting center from day one next year. Should be. Then I almost love the idea of, like, Najee is Mark Williams' backup. And you're like, okay, Najee's going to come off the bench. We know he's going to be young. He's going to be this physical, imposing, big that plays good defense, lob threat, whatever. Then I, I sort of get it if you're drafting Najee to just let him run in the G league for a whole year, I'm like, which is what they've done with most of their
0: draft picks over the last five years.
1: I like Nick Smith going there only because I've convinced myself of all the pressure is going to be off off of him. And now he's like, okay, I'm clearly, you know, Lamelo's the guy we, I got Brandon Miller. Let me get some confidence rolling back. But the problem is, I keep looking at the whole entire hall besides Brandon Miller. And I'm like, is this just a bunch of darts that you threw that, at the and, it and which like. is fine, which is fine. If you, if you're going that route, because there's some big names, there's some value names. There's four guys here. I would have not been surprised if they all went in the first round on the, on the night of the draft. Like mm-hmm. I would have gotten it. Like there was, but there was buzz about Bailey sneaking into the first round. I'm like you, I'm still a little shocked. He went 41st, but that roster also like right now, like book night. Yeah. so like It's now or never for book night. Like he's got to show something. Um, it it
0: feels like they're kind of giving up on book night, which, okay. I kind of get Gordon where it doesn't seem long for the team. Apologies. If I get, I know some of these guys are going to be free agents here. So apologies if I get that mixed up, uh, Kai Jones doesn't feel like it's going to be a thing. Theo Maladon doesn't feel like they're kind of giving up on. Which okay, whatever. Cody Martin, Bryce McGowan, Rogier. would Like to see Rogier's not a free run. agent.
1: He's got a. He's still in. I think contract. he's got one or two left. Yeah. So Rogier's um,
0: there. It's a lot of Kelly Ubre. Sounds like he's probably going to be gone. Dennis Smith Jr. Just Miles Bridges awesome, got to get an awesome. He's restricted now. Yeah. Uh, girl, leave yeah, that there. Yeah, yeah. We'll leave that um, there. But it's like you said, it felt like a lot of just, Hey, this guy's kind of solid. Why not? It, it felt like a lot of just, Hey, screw it. Why not? And you know, now that I have Nick Richard's contract up, what is it? it? makes a little more sense. So it's just, it's three more years, 5 million a year. Oh, um, that's let, not bad at let, all. Last okay. year's okay. not guaranteed. So okay. that makes okay. a little that's more sense. Not, if yeah, if you think Najee's going to be a little more of a project, which, you know, we both kind of do then you're fine so I, I i'm i'm coming around
1: on the naji pick it's just but the nick smith one now that we just ran through all those names the nick smith one looks a little crowded so they just got to make some moves like you just got to clear some stuff up and it, and it just doesn't feel like they have a direction yeah and and they're just like hey this guy's interesting let's let's try it and the problem is this is me coming all the way back around to draft grades right now i'm like how does this work and in a year, they might clear up all of that roster logjam. Yeah. And it, now you're like, okay, this makes sense. You've got yes. some talent. So it's just one of those like, wait and see. I like the haul. I just feel like it's a lot of like, this guy's top of our board. Let's just take him. This guy's right. top of our board. Like, and which is fine. But right.
0: I just, and the, I'm just a wait and see The potential move. with all four of these guys is tremendous. And if they do hit, if they do turn into the players that a lot of people think they can this Hornets team is going to look really, really good in a couple of years. Yes. My, my, my complaint isn't necessarily with the players themselves. it It's more so just with the front office approach. And I I hope I look like a moron in eight months and these guys are really clicking and really starting to develop um, because they, they have the potential to, a lot of them face just really tough years. I don't know. It, it just and, felt like a disjointed approach.
1: And last thing I want to say, every Hornets fan listening, I'm not down on this class. I'm just saying yeah. this is a wait and see like we need to see what else happens. There's following moves that are going to happen that then it might make more sense. Cuz like I have a piece coming up and I reviewed it and I was like Charlotte I love what they did because it it looks like they're on the way to building something. But now you got to clear up some space to let these guys play, get some confidence, get run. And right now it's just the roster. There's it's one <laughs> It's one of those, like, you're playing 2K, you're a GM, and you just get all of these rookies, and then you're like, oh, gosh, like, I have 20 guys on the roster. I have to get rid of some. So it's just like, okay, let's wait and see what happens with this team. And like we said, Ubre's looks like he's on the way out. Uh, Miles Bridges might be on the way out. They might get rid of a couple other guys. We don't know. It was just see what happens. Free agency is about to start. Things are going to look different.
0: All right. Uh, Chicago Bulls, they traded up to take Julian Phillips at the 35th pick. I love this move for them. Personally.
1: Yeah. We won't be too long with this one compared to the Hornets. Um, I absolutely loved it. They didn't, they came into the draft, didn't have a pick, went and got Julian Phillips. I think that's fantastic value. Yeah. Really think this could be a move. We look back in a couple of years and be like very intelligent move by bulls. I think Phillips just had one of those years where people were expecting bigger stuff, but I'm convinced it was the fit that didn't allow his strengths to kind of blossom so i'm excited for him to go to that organization i know the bulls seem like they're the fans are like uh like the vuk extension the lonzo news which i can't stand and it's just like don't i don't worry I think andre, this... andre drummond he's back just exercised his player option what i thought he was gonna be a free agent
0: nope he accepted that player option so he's back
1: no you gotta be wrong
0: Adrian are you Wojnowski throwing just breaking now. news
1: to me breaking news Loach bomb on the oh my gosh every Mavericks fan was pumped today okay um thank you that made no sense if they drafted lively and we're gonna get drummond uh but I'm pumped about Phillips makes yeah. some sense and, and high
0: upside arguably the really best value. wing defender in the class um Tennessee's defense when he was on the court they had a defensive rating below 80 and they were first in the country and then when he was off the court it jumped into it jumped to like the 48th or so overall defense um he's good and i think he just has way more offense to his game than rick barnes allowed him to show so i i, I love that pick i think it's going to work out really well for them in the long run short run probably not so much three four five years from now i think he's really going to be a solid player um okay cleveland cavaliers took imani bates with the 49th pick um it's fine lottery ticket whatever i i wouldn't have, wouldn't have drafted bates but I get it, especially if they if they don't see Karis Verde as a long-term option.
1: It's I'm pretty one of the things I'm so excited about for everyone that hasn't been to Summer League, but Metcalf, you're gonna experience this. There's always one guy in the gym that the whole arena is trying to be oh, like he's, 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 he's the hero have, of summer league. He's gonna have a 40-point game. It's gonna be t- it's gonna be between Amani Bates and Kai Soto, who's supposed to be <laughs> on Orlando's, but like it was um, Taco Fall. Like, every time Taco checked in the game, the whole arena went up for grabs. And every time he touched it, the whole place was like, shoot it! Imani's going to be in the running for that and Kai Soda. So, on a serious note, yeah. like, Cleveland had one pick at 49. I get the gamble. I get it. Imani's yeah. incredibly talented. He has some freakish offensive weaponry. I just... Probably a poor choice of words. Um, I, I just... <laughs> I need him to be more efficient. He's gonna have to, he's not gonna have that leash he had at Eastern Michigan. He needs to get the shot selection down, mm-hmm. but the size, the he has the tools to make it. I, I'm rooting for him. I hope we look back and this is a great success story. I just think he's gonna need some time and he needs to understand that he's not gonna be the seventh guy in the rotation early on. He's going to need to prove himself for this organization. But um, I'm rooting for him.
0: Okay, uh, Dallas Mavericks took Derek Lively with the 12th pick and Omax Prosper with the 24th pick. I really like what they did here, um, being able to trade back two spots to get Lively and um, get off the Bertons contract. I just kind of wish they would have not made the Kyrie trade and still made these draft picks while still having you know guys like Dorian Finney-Smith on the roster. I think this team would be a lot more interesting But where we are now, I I think both these picks made a lot of sense.
1: I think it was an outstanding night for them. It's one of those weird draft halls where I'm like, am I drunk in love with this decision? Like, I'm like, see, it's weird because, like, I wasn't in love with those two names as prospects. But I think leaving the draft with those two for that fit which is why we we're always like fit is everything and mm-hmm. lively going to Dallas. Great fit. OMP going to Dallas, I think is a fantastic fit. They need that. Um, but the biggest part is like getting rid of Bertans, contract cannot be understated. <laughs> like that is a humongous deal for them.
0: Yeah. And they, they basically ended up replacing it with Rashawn Holmes's yes. contract,
1: but I think Holmes
0: could even give them a, you know, some minutes, whereas Bertans was basically had nothing for them the last year or so.
1: Yeah. And Holmes is, I think is like a year or a it's a little bit cheaper and a, a year less maybe, but yeah, I think so. Um, I like it a lot. I, I just, it's going to be interesting to see what, what other moves they make this off season, because I, I feel like the Kyrie extensions come in. I know that there was the report today. He's meeting with the Suns. seems like a very good agent move to maybe yeah. get an extra 5 million on that offer sheet, or I mean the offer, um, So I don't know, but I I do like what Dallas did. I think it was very intelligent, Move back a couple spots, probably still get your guy. And we all thought Dallas was trading out of this draft, and instead they look like geniuses trading back a couple spots and getting lively and OMP. And those are pieces that make sense around Luka. Make his life easier with some good defensive players, and I like that.
0: Okay, uh, Denver Nuggets took Julian Strother with the 29th pick, Jalen Pickett with the 32nd pick, and Hunter Tyson with the 37th pick.
1: Some organizations just understand what the draft is all about. And Denver's proven it right now. I I just, they got our guy. Yeah. I loved it. Shout out to all those mock drafts that had him going, Strother going in the second round. I guess we're not that insane, Half. But yeah, (laughs) I just like after the draft, I think the next morning I was like, okay, let me regroup and finally see where everyone correctly went to. And I just was like, Strother and Christian Brown are going to be just perfect pieces to groom for the years to come. So um, I really like what they did. I like Jalen Pickett. And I think Hunter Tyson was a good value too. Like, I I just think they did a great outstanding job. It's not going to be the sexiest draft, but I think it's going to be one that just like, this keeps us contending for years. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is Mm -hmm. where you really build contenders for years to come where it's like, Obviously there's gonna be free agency that kind of tears some teams away, like title teams, because you're getting pulled away. You need to replace them with guys that can can almost come in and, and make an impact on a cheap deal. So I love what they did.
0: Yeah, I um, the picket one kind of surprised me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um People who are saying that he's going to fill that Bruce Brown role, no, he's not. Nope, he no, he is not that defender. He is not that defender. Do not have those expectations for Jalen Pickett. I would expect him to be more of that Monte Morris role. Yes, I had. was just going to say that. Yes, um, and you know, I he I think he's a better offensive option than Bruce Brown was, but he's not going to be that wing defender who's guarding up. So if that those are your expectations. I would scale them back Uh Hunter Tyson. I was way lower on, but he can shoot the crap out of the ball. I would have, if I were them, this means nothing obviously, but I, like if they would have taken a swing on like Max Lewis there, I think that would have been really interesting instead. Um, but, but like, I get it. Or like even a guy like Keontae Johnson.
1: No, I, I agree. The Tyson one was a little shocker, but I think he was just the name that was more popular. It, After the combine with NBA teams, yeah, yeah, he had a really good Um, combine. I, Lewis, one just continues to shock me, but we'll talk about him when we get to Lakers. But, um, like, here's what you have to think about if you're a fan or just a Nuggets fan. Now all these guys they just added, we're getting Peyton Watson year two, which everyone is just crazy high on. I. So excited. if he's on their summer league roster, I'm going to do a backflip. I'm going to be so pumped <laughs> that he should be, he should be playing a bunch. So now we're getting Peyton Watson, that type of unique skill with Christian Brown year two, who his confidence is going to be surging all off season. I don't think he's ever struggled for confidence. No, he's never. And he, <laughs> he does pretty good at winning championships. Um, So I just say like, that is how you build a roster and you, you keep feeding your stars, guys that can impact in unique ways, and like it's just going to be really fun. Denver, I think they're going to be tough to beat next year. Like I really do, and I know Bruce Brown. The rumors and they're are they're
0: getting older guys who can
1: fill in now. Yes, when, if, when needed. Which is weird how upperclassmen can help out. Gosh, all right. All right. Well, I love what they did. <laughs> we need to move on. Uh, Detroit Pistons took Asar
0: Thompson with the fifth pick and Marcus Sasser with the twenty-fifth pick.
1: I loved their draft. I loved it. Tell me I'm crazy. I loved it.
0: It's a tone setting draft. I'm just just lower on Asar, but the entire process, we were hearing them link to Cam Whitmore and Asar Thompson. Um, And they're kind of really similar players, um, but Asar gives you so much more in terms of ball movement, playmaking, uh, team defense. So I get it. They still need shooting, but by all accounts, they're going to go heavy after Cam Johnson. That would help. Uh, Marcus Sasser will certainly certainly help in that area. I love the, the Sasser pick for them. Um, and I, I get the Asari Thompson pick. It makes a ton of sense. I, I don't dislike it at all. Um, if he hits, it's going to be an absolute home run.
1: I'm just in disbelief that Ivy's going to take the next step forward. Kate Cunningham is gonna shock some people this year. A, hel- I think he's a healthy Kate is gonna, make he's gonna world of explode. A difference. I'm telling you, like that is my guy this year. Like also can can we
0: stop doing Photoshops that oh my gosh. make I make players that. like fat and look depressed and whatnot? That's AI, that's AI baby. <laughs> AI.
1: It's already scary messing around on Photoshop right now for myself. It's scary. Um I think Cade's going to be a monster this year. I think Ivy's going to take another step forward. And then I think Asar, Detroit is building the right mentality. Like Asar mm-hmm. is going to be a workhorse. He's going to do everything he can to help out and get better. Sasser is literally going to be ready to go to war against anyone that's on the opposite side of the court of him. Like I, I just loved that addition. And I think a lot of Like we go back to it again. A lot of people be like, they don't need another guard. Yeah, you do. You need depth. You need someone to come in after Cade and be a different type of weapon. And Sasser's a bucket and he's going to battle all the time. So adding those two guys, year two for Jalen Duran, beef stew is still there. I just think Detroit's getting a little bit of meanness to them and mentality. And we didn't like Monty Williams is going to be perfect for this team Mm -hmm. as a head coach. So they're building something. And we can't, like, Jarrett Jackson, assistant coach, I I just love the direction they're going. They're close. They're close to me. Like, I would not be shocked if Detroit takes that step this year of, like, how we're talking about Orlando. Like, it's like, oh, they're right there. They're close. And then we might look up in next year and be like, Detroit's getting close to that OKC excitement that we have. I just think they're on the rise, and I think they did a good job.
0: Okay, uh Golden State Warriors took Brandon Podzemski at pick number 19 and Trace Jackson Davis with the 57th pick. Started off. I I, I love, it. I I, love <laughs> it. I I don't think they I mean, obviously they you know theoretically could have done better, but I, I think these picks were absolutely perfect. Um the AirPods picked, I think, surprised some people um after the Jordan pool trade, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, His scoring numbers and efficiency and versatility were bonkers this year. Uh, The rebounding for his position was absurd. I I really, really, really like that pick. Um, I think he'll be able to play some backup point, but mostly just off ball, um, even with the second or third unit when Chris Paul's out there running it. And just as a spot-up option, I think it's really... good option uh the defense will be the big question but whatever the tjd pick this is just a match made in heaven this is absolutely incredible um the the stuff they're going to be able to run on offense is going to be so much fun because he is dynamic off of dho's he can you know drive he's an incredible playmaker awesome athlete the fact that he fell this far was shocking and perfect place for him to go because of their offensive system. And they have experience of having a fuck ton of success with an undersized center in Kevon Looney.
1: I think Dunleavy's been unbelievable since he got promoted to GM. I think he's doing an outstanding job. Um, I know that might not be the popular opinion with a lot of warrior fans. Like I have some diehards that are like, what are we doing? Trade for Chris Paul. I was like, I think it's, Fantastic move. Yeah, I think it's... Um, right. You got to get the chemistry back. You got to get that mentality back for that team. And I think Poole, as talented as he was, everyone knows the elephant in the room. Clearly, they're moving on. I think Draymond's going to be back. Um, And I love what they did with this draft. TJD, I wrote my article going up next week. I said, this might be my favorite fit of the whole damn draft. Yeah. I was like, this is a match made in heaven for both. Because the playmaking just... Unlocked this year and he's going to be perfect for that team like tjg's gonna come in and all of a sudden have like steph and clay around him at times and be like i just get to throw dimes to these guys and rebound and block shots like he's gonna he's gonna be an awesome addition for that team especially behind Kevon looney like it would not shock me if tjd's playing serious minutes
0: i, I would um, bet he does
1: i do too and i'm telling every like That is an unbelievable value. I was shocked every pick he was not going in the second. I was like, what? And then I think there was some, maybe some navigation to get him somewhere. But I I think after, I think after a certain point, yes. And the night it was like, all right, well we're going here. And for everyone listening, like when you see a name go late in the draft, there's, there's oh, always something going on. Yeah. There's always something <laughs> going on on the phone. So, um, but I think he ended up in a great place. Pods is going to be an awesome addition for them because I th- he gets to come in and learn from a pretty good locker room for a guard. Like yeah. he's going to be able to pick the minds of some great ones. I think I like him as kind of almost just that combo guard to start out early that, you know, maybe you play him along Chris Paul, maybe you kind of let him get his feet underneath him, but he's got the versatility. He's nasty too. Like he will go battle with anyone. So a really good, just mentality shifting draft. Like they added two guys that are going to be ready to roll. And TJD is going to want to send a statement very early at summer league. Okay, uh moving on to the Houston Rockets, who took Here Amen Thompson with go. the fourth pick
0: and the biggest surprise of the night, uh Cam Whit- Whitmore with the sixth set eight oh no, the twentieth.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> Houston, we have liftoff. Uh Tyler Metcalf start us off. Um, Amen Thompson pick made all the sense in the world. Um he was getting mocked there by us and other outlets since preseason last year. Um they now have the most athletic backcourt in the league and arguably the most athletic team in the league. Um, when you factor in Cam Whitmore, uh, it'll be inter- it seems like they're going to uh, be throwing the bag at Fred van Vliet, uh, which you know I do think they need another point guard and you know just another person on that team who can pass the ball. that would be good for everyone involved. We got to talk about Cam Whitmore though because we were hearing that he was falling. And we were thinking that the fall was like two, nine, 10, 11, 12 range, not to the twenties. So were you shocked by that or did it kind of make sense? How do you like the fit? What, what, what are your thoughts?
1: I love him and going there. Everything I've seen after the draft with his interviews and stuff, I'm like, this is perfect. Houston needed a men, So I, I'm rooting for him. Whitmore. <sighs> A little bit of both. I'm a little shocked. I'm also not. The problem is when you start getting that much noise about a negative, which is specifically the medical. The medical mm-hmm. scare is the biggest scare for the draft. That is the one thing that can make you fall the fastest. Is Every team is scared of a medical with a knee, which yeah. it sounds like it was. That is basically DEF CON One, especially upstairs. for someone
0: with that athleticism who relies yes. on that athleticism,
1: that power, that frame. So, because of the momentum and the amount of people I heard the medical failure from, I was like, I hope he goes top ten. Like I was just like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like this is the one that gets scary. And then when you get to a point where teams with multiple picks are passing you up then it's an avalanche because every other team's like, they know something too. And, you know, there's a couple spots I thought he was going to go. I thought he going to go to Miami. I thought Utah might've taken him at 16 with their second pick. Um, But he ends up in, in Houston, which is probably a great thing for Cam. And I hope we look back in a couple years and be like, this is the best thing for him. Yeah. Um Hope he, I, you know, we're going to find out some stuff about guys. I hope everyone's playing at summer league. I wonder if they're going to, if he's got the green light to play for them, or if they're gonna be cautious about it, but um, I haven't heard anything yet. So I like his fit there just because I think the expectations are gonna be a little lower. The problem is is Houston has got to spend money. The rumors are with Van Vliet, it's Dylan Brooks, it's gonna be wait and see mode. I, I think with Whitmore's youth and upside, it's play it safe, play it smart. Yudoka is going to be one of those guys too that's going to be like whoever plays defense is going to play. Like yeah. <laughs> we're setting the tone. So um I think though, Houston, you got to be doing a backflip with this. Yeah, I think you got two guys that you were considering it for, you got in the first round. So
0: Yeah. All right. Uh Indiana Pacers left with Jairus Walker at eight, Ben Shepard at twenty six, Mojave King at forty seven, and Isaiah
1: Wong at fifty five. Um loved it absolutely loved it. Very underrated, I think one of those classes that won't get all the glamour. Like one of those drafts halls, I won't get all the glamour and attention, but I think that's Indiana's building something and I'm very excited about the direction. What about you?
0: Yeah, and I, I really like their first two picks. Um Joris Walker was one of my favorite players that I've ever scouted. Um I and I just think that fit on Indiana next to miles Turner with Tyrese Halliburton with Matherin is exceptional. Just the the two way versatility, the basketball IQ on both ends. I think it's, he's going to be a dream for that team. Uh, ben Shepard. I was a little lower on, but same kind of general tier and a lot of, a lot of Ben Shepard fans out there. I get it. Incredible shooter. Um, the last two picks I, get because i like both those guys it just kind of felt a little redundant to what they already have on the roster and the ben shepherd pick um kind of would have liked to see them go a wing route like a Keontae johnson like a jalen clark um but i think both those guys are really good i i really like isaiah Wong. i think i had him in my top 45 uh, i had mojave king in my top 60 i think he's going to be a better shooter than he was this last year and if he is it's just value across the board. So I, I really liked what the Pacers did.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if they think Buddy Heald's on the move. That's why Shepard was the I addition. Or Duarte. If they got rid of Heald and then you have Shepard and Duarte, that makes some sense to me with the shooting. Um, I, I feel like Duarte is not longed for them either. I do too. So I'm wondering Mary if of both patients. of those might be on the move. Well, don't, I don't know. But... Turner and Jairus together are going to be awesome. <laughs> and then Jairus with Halliburton is going to be just awesome. The ball movement. Yes. The defensive stuff. Yeah. Mather in year two is going to be fantastic. I'm excited to see Nemhard. I think everyone's got to keep remembering about him. It, the second round was just weird. I was like, if, it, if you swapped it and Wong went first and Mojave King they got at the end, I would have been like, oh, what a night. And then I still, like, you still got him, so I'm not complaining. But it is trying to kind of figure out, like, okay... Is Isaiah your third guard now, or do you see some higher upside? I don't know. And then Mojave King, I've always been intrigued with because Mm -hmm. I feel like we've talked about him before. The tape doesn't match the stats. like He makes some really nice, impactful plays on tape, but um, probably another guy you're just going to see if you can unlock something with some G League run. But I I like what they did. I think Shepard made sense. That's Mm -hmm. just another piece to keep adding that, like maybe not high upside, but he's going to help you right away. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Los
0: Angeles Clippers took Kobe Brown with the 30th pick and Jordan Miller with the 48th pick. Uh,
1: I think Kobe Brown was the first. Whoa. Yeah. Shout out Bill Simmons pick. Um, I understand what the Clippers did. They got two guys that offer some versatility that you're hoping can come in and help early. Mm Um. It's just Kobe Brown. I had a little bit lower. I know there was a ton of buzz about him. Like there was a lot of fans. I just wasn't. I was thinking like if he went early, it was going to be like late thirties. And then when he went in the first round, I was like, okay. And I think if I'm right, the Clippers were like down to less than 20 seconds. So obviously they're probably trying to see if anyone wanted to come up, but I, Kobe just had one of those freakish years where he just did yeah. everything and was efficient. So like, it won't shock me if we look back and be like, no, that was a great pick, but it's just, there's a wide range of results. I feel like, what about you?
0: Yeah. And I, I really like Jordan Miller. I think he does kind of just a little bit of everything. He's going to have to shoot it. If he ends up sticking, uh, the Kobe Brown one, I, I didn't really, get i was way lower on kobe brown a lot of people at no ceilings were significantly higher than me um and had him in this range uh it was uh, first off i think it's an awesome story of a guy who is on the fence of going back and going into the transfer portal and who actually got good intel and accurate feedback and ends up getting a guaranteed contract in the first round i i think that's absolutely incredible and i love that for him it also seems like morris might be on the move from the clippers and i think Kobe could kind of slide in and fill a lot of what Morris does. My only hesitation with him is that I'm not sure I buy the shot and guys who are that kind of old, who experienced that big of a jump later in their careers, a little later in their college careers. I'm not sure how real it is. I'm a little more skeptical. What's dumb about all of my hesitations with this is if he went five to eight picks later, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. I can see the value in that. It's like, it's a difference of five picks. They like their guy. They got their guy. So why not? So from a fit standpoint, from an upside standpoint, he had an incredible year. So it's cool to see an older guy make those gro- those improvements in this game and get rewarded for it.
1: I completely agree. I have to give you a little bit of a woge bomb because we're about to talk about the Lakers. Uh, Lakers are waving Mo Bamba and not picking up the team option on Malik Beasley. Lakers plan to stay in contact with both representatives throughout free agency. It could find different deal structures for Bamba and or Beasley's return. I always think that's a comical last sentence. Cause what are the percentages that they actually just be like, well, we're getting rid of you, but we'd like to have you back.
0: Right. It, it, we, we would like you as a plan X, Y, Z in case yes. our, our other priorities don't come through. So
1: AKA okay, Bruce Brown. Yeah. Um, um,
0: Lakers, Lakers, Lakers Jalen Hood, Shafino at 17, Max Lewis at 40. I hate the Lakers. I love this draft. <laughs>
1: I, I thought they did an excellent job. I think Laker fans should be pumped out of their mind. Yeah. I thought they did an outstanding job. I think they got two guys that could have gone in the first round. The Maxwell Lewis fall is just its weird. weird. Um, I I, Huffino, I thought, you when the Lakers were on the clock, I was like, they're going to draft Huffino. And this is going to be yeah. a great pick and great value. And I, he's going to turn into a really nice piece. I like his game a lot. I think he's going to have a big year. I think Laker fans are going to be very excited to have him for the future. Maxwell Lewis was, like, 15 games into the year was on a freakish, like, he freak of like nature. Oh, gosh. He was, like, putting up, like, 50, 45, 88 or something ridiculous yeah. off the top of my head. I don't remember. But I just remember looking at numbers. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, when is this guy going to come back down to Earth? So, like, it wasn't just a six-game stretch. He was doing it for, like, the first half of the season. And then teams sort of figured him out. But it's, like late bloomer he was on a tough team had to kind of carry the load i think he just got worn down and um
0: and another guy who is relatively new to basketball
1: yes late like i said late bloomer started late i i just think he's going to be a stud if some team is just super patient and i don't even know if he needs that much time but i think you just need to let him get reps like he just he has some eye-opening offensive stuff but he just needs reps of figuring out the other aspects of his game like defensively and you know the in-between game and um I, I just thought what a big haul for the Lakers like obviously their fans should be very excited um team that had
0: what I thought was one of the more confusing drafts was the <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies taking Gigi Jackson at 45 and Tariq Bibirovich where where was Tariq on your big board, Rucker?
1: I'm not trying to make fun of everyone, but there was some am- amazing tweets um, <laughs> after that pick from like big time draft analysts of being like, I, it, I had I don't have him on my board. Like I, I think was just you like, and I
0: were on the air when when that pick was made, and we were both like, I have no idea who this is.
1: I think Maxwell texted us and said that's a made up name, and when Maxwell said <laughs> that, we have problems um it's just a classic draft and stash i feel like we get one of the wild cards every year where it's like he's clearly getting stashed um played in turkey had some good numbers but you know he's not the well, no, well, story what not. about gg it's the swing um i kept waiting to say who's taking him, and it's the swing and everyone that was like Gigi's not falling on the first round and it's like well no he fell a while um another example of just how the draft process can really it could swing your s- skill either way or your stock either way and fortunately just Gigi just had some bad intel and every report i heard wasn't good i was like oh gosh this is gonna be ugly and then um i think we did the pod before the draft i and mean you were both like i'd be shocked if he goes first round like yeah. I, I at this point and i know one thing he ended up in an organization that if Gigi doesn't figure it out quick they will have plenty of other guys that they will let get an opportunity but i think memphis is also going to be great for him i think he's going to understand you know how tough it's going to be to earn minutes with that team like yeah they've got a lot of guys that are probably going to be interesting names to keep an eye on at summer league that are fighting for minutes on this roster like jake laravia um, Kenny Lofton after a strong G League year like he's going to be ready to go um, David Roddy like they've been adding some names so Gigi's got to be ready to go to work and the talent is awesome like we've said that this whole mm-hmm. time it's just he's got to go to work he's he, got to get ready to, to grind you're going to he, grind he needed- city. you got to get ready <laughs> yeah I, I don't know
0: it, it, it's a swing it's a massive swing I just kind of wish a different team would have made it, because um, when when we I think liked about it, you didn't like th- Memphis, no, no. Oh, I like it. Oh no. I and mean, when what when, when I think about what Gigi went through this last year and what he, I, I hate saying, I, I sound like such a prick the way I'm talking right now. <laughs> saying what he needs, like I know him, so I apologize. I hope it's not coming off like that. No, you're but okay. This is safe place. I, I w- hoped that he would have gone to a more stable and mature organization. And I don't get those vibes at all from a lot of what's going on and coming out of Memphis. Um, hopefully Xavier Tillman and Steven Adams notable, awesome locker room dudes. Marcus smart, have a good influence on him. Marcus smart should help with all of that. So hopefully it's trending in the right direction. I really hope it works out for Gigi because if it does, holy shit, is that team going to be a lot of fun? Um, I don't know. It just didn't feel like the most ideal environment for him to get drafted into.
1: I'm still buying into that organization. I, I think the Morant stuff has paid as painted a, a different picture than we're expecting. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to bounce back and be fine. I think this so, is so going to be I, a good for place for Yes. I think, Morant, I think I'm pulling for Morant. I hope it gets everything straight. I think smart sedition is going to be big. Steven Adams is going to be good, good for them, obviously. I'm buying GG there. I think it's going to be all right. But I understand what you're saying. I just, it's a good one. That's a good swing. 45, yes. you're taking that swing. That's a swing that connects and all of a sudden you're getting an extension. But it's also a point where if you swing and miss, you're like, okay, we missed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, and to be fair, it, it's kind of similar to, I, I like Gigi more than Imani, but it's kind of a similar swing in that range of the draft where it's like, Hey, if we hit, we are, it is an incredible lottery ticket. Um, and if it doesn't, then, oh, well, uh, pulling for him, rooting for him, moving on to the Miami heat before I dig myself into a bigger hole. Uh, Hawkins with the 18th pick? This is another one where it's like, if we did a post-draft big board, he would skyrocket up my board.
1: Yeah, we were talking about doing that. We should have done it. Um, maybe we still do. It's a great fit. I was scared when they were on the clock. I was like, they're going to take Hame. It's a great fit. He's just going to be a plug and play guy. He's going to be perfect for this organization. And, um, another smart team that just said to hell with the upside, give us a guy that's going to help right now. I love that. I, I I just don't have any negatives about that. pick. I think it's a great decision by Miami. And it's like one of those, like, even if it's not the upside pick and, he's going to be around here for years to come. Like, it's just, he's going to be a building block. Not, not, I'm not saying a building block is like bam out of bio as a building block. I'm saying like Hawkins is just another piece of the puzzle that you're like, he's a heat. He's on our, he's on our organization. We're not moving him anytime soon. Uh, Milwaukee bucks
0: took Andre Jackson jr. With the 36 pick and Chris Livingston with the 58th pick.
1: Uh, spoiler alert. I have a section for my drafts. Grades air quotes grades because i hate grades um and the bucks are in the buckle up section because i feel like these two picks are just absolute chaos um (laughs) i loved it i think it's just kind of like we know what milwaukee's foundation is going to be but now this is just kind of like a can we find some unique path to throw at teams that's just like what in the world and i i love the andre jackson pick um There's some medical rumors about him going to the draft where I was like, "Uh uh-oh, is he going to go later in the thought? And then he went there, and um, Livingston was just always the wild card I was fascinated by. What about you?
0: Yeah, and I I think Chris Livingston, we both really liked him coming into the year, struggled at Kentucky, but I I think he has a lot more upside to his game than he maybe necessarily showed this this season. So getting him with the last pick of the draft, I think it's an awesome, why not? Like if this works out, we might have a rotation wing for a long time. If it doesn't, oh well, we we took a swing. Andre Jackson, just pure chaos, energy, athleticism. Um, I, I, I just it's gonna be a fun fit. And I, I feel like a, a low just two really low downside swings that could pay really impressive dividends. Um, moving on to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who took Leonard Miller at 33 and Jalen Clark at fifty-three. Uh, I'm not talking, you're talking about this. How are we feeling? Uh, pump the friend of the program, Jalen Clark, welcome to Minnesota. Um, the way that Tim Conley was talking, it seems like both these guys are long-term plans, which is really encouraging to hear because one of my big concerns with Jalen was the injury and the Achilles stuff, but it kind of sounds like both of them might be getting signed to actual deals and not just two ways. So, there's a lot of team building flexibility and opportunities for these guys to really develop the way that in the ways that they need to, and not rush any part of the process. Um, Big story here is Leonard Miller. I, I I hated it right when it happened. Um, But I'm starting to slowly come around to it, especially at 33. I I think at that spot, taking that kind of swing makes sense if they would have traded up to the teens and done it um i i'm not sure i would have been as optimistic but my my concern with this pick is i don't buy the shot at all i don't think it's fixable in the slightest some do because of the touch inside i just think the mechanics are so incredibly broken but what we've said over and over and over again with leonard miller is that he improved so much throughout this year from where he was at this time last year. And that willingness to play a lesser role, to do the dirty work, to be a hustle player, to be coachable is so important for a young player, um, who still needs to take those strides. So if he made this improvement in one year, who's to say what he could be in three years. Um, obviously it's not going to be a linear improvement and development, but, The optimistic view is that that's how it could skyrocket. Um, I don't know how he fits on this team at all. I would be surprised if he really played for them at all this year. But even next year, it's just a weird fit. I think him next to Carl Anthony Towns in a vacuum is an awesome fit. I think long term, there could be some, you know, he kind of takes over that Kyle Anderson role for them. It's interesting. It's definitely a big swing. I'm not sure what he does that Josh Minot doesn't already do. I don't know. I I, I don't hate it like I did on draft night, um, but I'm not as over the moon like a lot of people are about it.
1: I've bought into it because I I think we're starting to get, like Conley swinging for Gobert is painting a dark cloud for T-Wolves fans. I sort of am starting to kind of see where i think he's trying to go with building some pieces i think he's just trying to I get these every F- move he's made has been tremendous yes it's just the the gobert one was just a whoa swing and yeah I, like he he's aced all of his like weekly homework assignments but then just bombed the final final and still i think he's on the way up like i like this hall I, I yeah. think this is a good haul. I think Timberwolves fans should be pumped about it. I think they're going to play Leonard Miller as the garbage man that me and you are hoping one team was going to do, where it's just like make an impact around the basket early on, and then maybe he's developing that playmaking thing, like you're saying with Kyle Anderson and stuff. But he's got so, some ways. Go ahead. So, like,
0: long-term, do you think the potential team – this is a therapy session for me now. Yeah. So, um, this is great could there be some like Aaron Gordon esque vision with Conley with Miller long-term where he's being that versatile defender, he's crashing the boards. Um, and then on offense, he's playing more of a minimalized role, but has the ball skills to do a little bit for himself to cut, to finish around the rim, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Without the shooting.
1: Right. And maybe a little bit, I'm not trying to, to find slander. this. It's not like Aaron Gordon's a, knockdown shooter he no but i'm saying maybe uh this i'm sorry if this is a little out there maybe a little bit more playmaking upside sure like you're you're removing the shooting advantage with gordon for the playmaking advantage with miller i just think he's going to be lightning in a bottle where it's like sometimes you're bringing him in early off the bench or you're yeah. bringing him in off the bench to kind of go crazy and then like Jalen Clark, I think is going to stick with yeah. this team because he's going to be your athletic defender that you're throwing out there to, to, to wreak havoc or wreak havoc. And um, I think this is a really smart value draft. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I like what they did. I, I, I know we weren't high on Miller, but we were also just like, where's the fit. And I actually never looked at Minnesota and I was like, I, this makes some sense to me like now. Okay. Like I get it. And good, good pieces. I really do think Conley's doing a good job. Mike, he basically got Mike Conley for D'Lo. Um, The buzz around Cat's been very strange lately. so It's I'm wondering been that way I'm, for five years. I know, but it's been... I don't know what's going to happen. but yeah, I, I just, Neither do I.
0: There, there's going to be a big move.
1: I have said forever, the moment they made that Gobert trade, I feel like he him and his thought is like, if if Towns doesn't work out, I'm going to get my picks back for Towns.
0: Yeah, and but we're not the, staying on that. One of those guys is gonna have to be moved soon just because of the new CBA implications. Yes. They can't resign ant and, and Jaden. And they could, but then the rest of the rosters, nothing.
1: Um, but also like think of the pieces now they have Jalen Park, yeah. Jaden McDaniels, Leonard Miller. You got some wild athletes with versatility that if they all click, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's just really fun. So I like it okay
0: um, I'm, I, I'm all in now um <laughs> all right uh with the 14th pick the new orleans pelicans took jordan hawkins they needed shooting he's the best shooter in this class i like it
1: i loved it i don't i don't that. even I, i'm sorry <laughs> pelicans fans i loved it i one of my favorite guys in the draft i thought new orleans grabbing him after all of the zion smoke and trading up to go get scoot smoke i was like smart pick you're gonna add you know trey murphy is gonna have now jordan hawkins with him that's Dangerous Dyson Daniels, I think, is in for a big year. I, I Herb Jones, like depth, you're building depth, just get Sion healthy. Um, okay. Uh, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder took Cason Wallace at the
0: 10th pick and Keontae Johnson with the 50th pick.
1: Yeah, I don't want to skip over it. Knicks fans are going to be mad. You didn't have a pick. Shout out Josh Hart. Um, okay. See, I loved it, I really did love it, and it's not going to be. I, I wrote. A very passionate part of my piece about what I the Thunder did, and there was a lot of Thunder fans that were furious. They dropped another guard, and I said, I, I was so convinced they were drafting a guard, I just thought it was a different one. I just, yes, I thought it was gonna be uh, Bufkin or Kaysen, and then I love the and pick. You, this team is going to be hunting for the playoffs this year. You need more than five guys for a playoff run. You need depth. You need someone to make life easier when SGA is going to be on the bench. You just need a rotation of different types of ingredients that you can throw. J-Dub was as versatile as possible last year. They played him at the three. They even played him at the four. You're getting Chet back. Josh Giddey does his thing. Now you need that defensive backcourt specialist. I know they got Lou Dort, but... You know, this team also can make a couple moves. I just absolutely love that addition. And I thought Keontae was a very, mm-hmm. very underrated ad there for the Thunder. It wouldn't shock me if he sticks. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. Orlando Magic took nothing? Amphi-
1: you had nothing? Come no, on. No,
0: I I <laughs> I I really like their draft. I okay. I was convinced okay. they were gonna take a guard. Kasen Wallace is This is going to sound like an insult, but he's as steady of a guard that you could have gotten with the 10th overall pick. He's an insane defender. The shot was very real this year, super composed on ball and just navigating inside a really smart passer. I think he's going to be early on an excellent backup point guard um with really you know high with a ton of upside um i really liked it Keontae again i just the the two-way versatility that he showed this year he's gonna stick in some form or fashion maybe it's with the thunder maybe it's with another team but it, it wouldn't surprise me if he has you know a lengthy nba career um okay orlando magic took anthony black with the sixth pick and jet howard with the 11th pick
1: i absolutely love what they did Absolutely love. I'm gonna let you run with this one because they got your boy Jet too. So I'm I'm very proud of Magic fans out there. Shout out Orlando. Um, a lot of people were like, "Wow, no ceilings is really high on Jet," and I was like, "Damn right, you are, <laughs> we are. You came to the right place." So Metcalf, pump him up a little bit more. Just tell him tell him why you like this class.
0: Yeah, I uh, I'll start with Jet. He he had two awful ankle injuries, at least two. Um, That happened about halfway through the year, and you can see a very clear separation in how Michigan's offense ran based on when he was healthy and when he was not. Uh, When he was not healthy, it was spot-up heavy and it was post-up heavy, and their offense went to shit. When, it was, when he was healthy, they were constantly running him off stuff, allowing him to create off the dribble, uh, having him run off pin downs and curl into the middle and making a lot of really high-level decisions, whether it was to attack the rim, pull up for a jumper, make the pocket pass, make a kick-out pass. He was a lethal shooter. He was one of the most dynamic offensive wings in the country before he got hurt. And then he got hurt, and stuff kind of started to fall back a little bit. Everyone's going to reference the on-off numbers with him, and they're not good. But there's a lot that goes into that. And an injury with, on both ankles is a big part of that. So I is he a good defender? No. Is he ever going to be a good defender? Probably not. But I think the offensive tools that he has are really, really special. They needed shooting. They got shooting. He also has size, and he also has playmaking ability. So I think he's going to be able to run a lot of cool stuff on offense. The ball is going to be, should be zipping all over the place with the passing of him, Anthony black, Marco Fultz, um, Franz Wagner, Paulo. They, they have a lot of guys on this team who should be moving the ball and getting incredible shots on almost every possession. Uh, the Anthony black pick, this is something that I think me and you, uh, we kind of pushing for a while. Um, I think on our no ceilings mock, we nailed this too. A lot of people are, questioning the backlog of guards now i think it makes sense i think it's i think he's gonna get the kind of backup point guard spot behind fultz um with a really good opportunity to overtake him i know fultz has turned into a good player i don't think he's a long-term option for them i don't think uh cole anthony is a long-term option for them i i'm still in on sugs but it wouldn't surprise me if they don't see him as a long-term option at this point. I do think him and Anthony black could play together. I I, I thought they had a really good draft.
1: The guards, there's going to have to be some moves made in the next couple of weeks um, with that backcourt. And I know magic fans are very passionate about a lot of names they have on that roster when it comes to Fultz and Suggs and Cole, Anthony, I think Anthony Black's ceiling is just higher and the thing that gets me the most excited about this hall. I absolutely love both picks. I I think Anthony black's going to be a a stud. I I really do. I absolutely think that was the right pick. He's just playmaking. I, the shots going to come around and he's nasty defensively. And the biggest thing, and I love jet. I, I absolutely love jet. I think that's a fantastic addition there. I really do. But the biggest thing now with this team and the reason I'm so excited about Orlando moving forward, the pieces are really starting to come together, and you're about to have the potential for a future starting lineup that's gonna be six, six, and up. Yeah. like that is scary to deal with. Like you're gonna almost have an advantage where you're having like Franz at six ten, Paulo at six ten or six eleven, whatever. I feel like he always is getting bigger. And then you're gonna have jet around six seven, Anthony Black around six seven. You're getting big. like, yeah. I just really like where this team's going. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that backcourt. It it seems like Suggs might be the odd man out just because I'm trying to think like it would make some sense if long-term Andy Black's the starter with Foltz as your sixth man just because he's kind of a different great feel. He had a great year last year, but I don't know. They, they got it, a lot it wouldn't of questions
0: surprise there. me if they moved him at the deadline.
1: Yes. Either. I, it, it it it's still early. We'll see what happens. But I, I do I love what they did. I think Orlando's getting very close. Like they're going to be very fun this year. Mm-hmm. Very very fun. I'm very excited to watch them. And I think they're they're close to getting to that path of everyone being like, we got to watch out for Orlando. Orlando's on the rise. Like they're they're going in the right direction. You should be pumped up if you're a Magic fan.
0: Okay. With the 52nd pick, the Phoenix Suns took to Tumani Kamara. Just solid. Depth swing here. Good rebounder, good defender. Shot made really
1: impressive or er, important strides
0: this year. I
1: mean, they signed Kyrie. They might need Kamara to, to play serious minutes. With no, I mean, I'm just. I think this team. You you made the splashes to get big big names. You have got to find some way to get cheap guys that are going to build the depth. Breaking is. James Harden picking up his option to work together on a trade out of Philadelphia. (laughs) It just. Oh, can that, can that
0: man do anything without being chaotic?
1: I've had so much Kyrie and James. Also, we skipped over the Sixers and this is what Shams and Woj rewarded us for. The Sixers didn't have a picks and I was about to say, shout out James Harden. But, oh gosh, this is gross. Um, I guess that's the Clippers. Um, Kamara, yeah, I like to pick by Phoenix. I think that's a low... You're trying to get someone that potentially you're like, he's our eighth guy. He's a versatile guy that's going to not need to score a ton, but he can help and impact. you. You have to get guys that can help if you're going to be all in on getting star power. You, I mean, we saw it last year with Phoenix. They need depth. So I'm interested to see if they try to, they're going to be a very popular team for a lot of guys that are like, I don't need money anymore. Let me go try to win one. And they're going to be at the top of the list. But I love this time of the year when we're recording pods and we get a bomb like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on to the Portland trailblazers who had one of my favorite drafts with scoot Henderson at three, Chris Murray at 23 rear repair at
1: 43. Um, One of my favorite drafts. I absolutely love what they did. They're doing the right thing. I don't want to talk about Damian Lillard because me and you did a piece about this and we said we would try to build through the draft because you have the opportunity to get Scoot Henderson um, or Brandon Miller. They got Scoot. I think they were doing backflips that whole night. And I loved the Chris Murray pick. Yeah. I I, mean, you talked that maybe they would go upside there, but I think, it makes so much sense to just get Chris Murray and just be like, we had a good haul. Let's go on. And then getting Rupert repair as this, as the sweetener. What a night, big night for Portland. Yeah.
0: And I I don't think there's much else to add. They just great moves in terms of team building. And they got Scoot Henderson, who I think is going to be an absolute superstar. Um, you know, just a little, little hypothetical here. If, You know, Brooklyn was one of the teams that Dame mentioned that he would be interested in going to. Dreek Clowney plus whatever, not a bad return.
1: Oh, you're cooking with some gasoline.
0: Obviously, there'd have to be more to it. But if we're just looking at young
1: pieces to add to Scoot and, you know, all that stuff. That is a 2K trade if I've ever found one. (laughs) And I would almost accept it just for chaos and fun of like, I'm going to build this out. But I, I Portland is going to be in a very good spot no matter what direction they go with Dame. I really do believe that. I think yeah. the, the, if they go rebuild route, it's not going to be the vicious rebuild everyone's expecting no. because they've put themselves in a good position where like Scoot, Chris Murray, Shaden Sharp, solid pieces. Repair is going to be an upside swing that in two years we might be like, eh. Repair is nasty defensively. Yeah, like, is a if, good piece. if the shot
0: comes around yes. too? Like, okay. Uh, Sacramento Kings, Colby Jones at
1: 34, Jalen Slawson at 54. I just thought it was great value. I, I continue to be very, very big supporter of Monty McNair throughout the draft. Yeah. I just love what he does. So I, I think it's not sexy, but he might have gotten a rotation piece in Colby Jones. And I think Slawson could be a little bit of maybe not rookie year, but a couple of years, he's a very nice piece in your rotation. I think Slauson has that playmaking, that feel, that basketball IQ that makes him very, very mm-hmm. intriguing, but um, just a shot. If it can consistently be around, he, he can stick for sure. I, I like Monty McNair is just coming a Very fun. I'd be pumped if I was a Kings fan, like Nick should be praising Monty McNair. He's been fantastic for them.
0: Yeah, and he just kind of keeps taking good players. Crazy how that works.
1: Yeah. Um, okay.
0: San Antonio Spurs. Victor Wembanyama at one. City Sissoko at forty-four. Uh, just you know, really playing into that stereotype that they love the foreign guys.
1: Viva La France! <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I actually love that they got City where they got him. Yeah. I was a little shocked, but I was also like, "What a great haul!" Obviously, they're going to be winners with Victor, but getting yeah. City at forty-four, I was like, "Whoa." That's a nice little sweetener. So I like it. I don't, we don't need to go into detail. Cal. hey Ghostbirds Go good yeah. luck. Yeah. <laughs> Victor, stay healthy. See you in Vegas.
0: Uh, Toronto Raptors, Grady Dick at 13. Did it shock you? No, no. Well, yes. Based on who was on the board and what, you know, some of the Intel we had uh, been provided. It did surprise me that they went with him. I thought they would have gone maybe a different route, but just in a vacuum the size fits what they typically draft um and then the shooting the ability to attack closeouts some of the i i I do think he is a really smart defender so the 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 player in himself made sense and so it didn't really shock me it was just based on who else was on the board i thought they were going to go a different direction
1: You hate it. Yeah. No, no. I like it. I, I go back and forth. I actually really, really like it. It's another one where I'm like, what Where is what direction is this team going in? I don't think Siakam's going to be out, on the way out. I don't um, think so. And then OG, I don't know. I, but I think that was a good pick of like, not the highest upside, but we know he's going to be solid. Like, And I like Rady Dick a lot. I just... I thought forever Toronto was going to go backcourt and then they added him and I was like, okay, fine. Like Scotty Barnes takes that next step. I like Grady Dick to be alongside him. All right, fine. Uh, Talk to me about Utah.
0: (laughs) Okay. So Taylor Hendricks at nine. Keontae George at 16. Bryce Sensebaugh at 28. Um, Big fan of their draft. Okay. I was like, whoa. Uh, No, I, I've, I, I have questions about their team next year, but as a draft hall, it's tough to come away with as much upside as this.
1: I mean, it's my favorite haul of the whole drafts. Um, but I, there's also some other ones that have, a, you know, a puncher's chance to kind of sway my opinion. I just love the value you talk about all over the place. Yeah. It's also just me being higher on Keontae and me, Yep, me and you have said forever, like if since the ball went later, it would be a great value pick. And I think as your third first round pick, Spencer yes. Ball is a great addition. Yeah, the, the, there's some questions now. Like they picked up Kelly and Lennox option today, which I'm like, that's Danny age has something up his sleeve for salary just purposes. Trade piece. Yeah, so I don't know. The John Collins move made sense, but I'm also like, yep. what are we doing? But we'll see. Okay, I just so- think it's smart. So my
0: only concern who on this team is passing. Keontae
1: <laughs> when he's not, when he's not scoring. Um, no, it's a good point. They, they, they need to get a not sexy veteran point guard to just yeah. come in and run the show. Like, I'm throwing a name out just because we talked about him earlier, but like they need a Monte Morris, which like, obviously he's going to be very desired yeah. around, um, but they need someone that's just like, come in. No nonsense. Mike Conley is obviously not there anymore, but like Mike Conley would have been a dream for that. Like they just need to get someone. I don't know. Maybe they're is was there something that they're staying with Sexton? Um, I'm trying to track everything. The Harden thing is th- still up on that, my screen and it's throwing me off. So I'm sorry. I, I thought I saw that they were entertaining trades or
0: some entertaining moving him. But again, he's not a playmaker,
1: or at least in the traditional
0: sense. But that th- that question isn't necess- necessarily fair regarding the draft, because I don't think there is necessarily that guy at those picks where obviously they could have taken Casey Wallace at nine. They could have taken Jalen Hutchifino at 16. But I had Hendricks over Kaysen. I had Keontae over Hochefino. So I, like the, the picks make sense. I get it long-term thinking. I'm just talking about this year from a team-building aspect and a play style. I'm just a little concerned what the ball movement is going to look like. But that's something that can be addressed in free agency or next year. So they're not looking to win the championship this next year. So it's whatever. It, it's an yeah. issue for down the road. Washington Wizards took Bilal Kulabali at seven, Tristan Vuksevich at 42. I loved the the Kulabali pick.
1: I loved it. The only thing I didn't love about it, um, and I have to yell at the Wizards, is I was very proud that the no ceilings mock was six for six. Yeah. And then Washington had to screw it up. We would have been seven for seven, but it's just, it was ridiculous. Like I understand on a serious note. I think Wizards fans need to be pumped out of their mind because you at least now have a new front office that is saying to heck with this. We're starting the process. We're getting rid of some ugly stuff so we can at least find a direction to go in. We're still, me and you are still buying Johnny Davis. I think he's going to be fantastic. Summer league. He's done it his whole career. He's had the year where he struggles and then he bounces back and figures it out. I am buying that he's going to be fine. Jordan Poole has had 900 jokes on the internet about how he's going to lead the league in scoring. I get it. I don't know if that's a great joke for someone to get traded that you think is going to lead the league in scoring, but he, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Koulibaly, I think, is a fantastic swing because now they can play him. Let him learn through reps let him Mm -hmm. get experience it's tough with these young guys because a lot of teams draft them to be patient and they they have the itch to play him to develop them but then it doesn't work as well like a team like the thunder have done a fantastic job of letting guys play and then that's how they've developed so much is because they've gotten these reps and i think washington's going to be in a spot where this year they're going to say y'all are playing we're gonna figure out what we got here. We're gonna see who gets better and, and then we're gonna reevaluate and build each year. But I, I love the cool ballet pick for them. I I also think some people sorry, Metcalf. I no, think some people were confused why they traded up a spot. And I think it's great of Washington to be like, That's our guy, we're gonna get him. This is our first draft, we're gonna get our guy. So I, I loved it.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm sure Indiana was telling them that there was another offer to trade up to that spot. So Yes, Indiana, Indiana, Indiana obviously wanted in Harris Walker. So they didn't want to risk losing out on him. Indiana played it perfectly. I, I love the Koulibaly pick. It's going to be a spot where he they he can be patient. They can be patient with him and really grow his game. So I thought they did a great job. Um, okay, that's all our draft thoughts. Um, let's just wrap up
1: with recapping the NBA draft stock game. Yeah, um, hit me with it. I, you already hinted at you doing better than me, and I'm already just... Yeah, really, I, really bugged about it. I smoked you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I ended up with
0: turning a profit of $1,449 and 59 cents. Um, you, you did well. You did well, just not as well. Um, you turned a profit of
1: $971 and 99 cents. I almost made a grand. Come on. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Gosh. Okay. I need the check for that so I can take that to Vegas, <laughs> put it on black. Um, who who hurt me give me give me my biggest or give us our biggest profit yeah like okay who carried so us and then who who hurt us that's, so, what, that's what the fans want to hear we'll my, my, my three biggest profits
0: were Jalen Huchafino, um who I made 775 dollars on bought him for a dollar uh oh I sold gosh. him two rounds ago um at 578 a share um I made $185 on Judd Howard, who I got at $676 a share, and sold for $909 a share. Um, and then the other big one was Kobe Buffkin, who I made $470 on, also got him for a dollar, sold him at $667 a share. Um, uh, for
1: next year, everyone listening, we are going to have me and Metcalf have been talking about this. We're gonna have official chart, we're gonna figure out a way to let all of you guys play with us. Yeah, track it, update it throughout the year. It's gonna be really fun. So we've had some people reach out to us and ask if we could do that, and we were like, we were literally planning on doing that. Yep, yes, absolutely. We'll have a tracker throughout the whole year. Maybe we'll make some tournament. Whoever does the best, we'll give a prize. Like we're very excited about this. Um, who so hurt you?
0: My, my my big losers were Leonard Miller, um, who I bought two hundred shares of at three fifty seven, and. Ended up having to sell at 303. So lost $108 on him. Mm-hmm. Uh Bobby Clippman ended up breaking even, got him for a do- dollar. Didn't get drafted. So had to liquidate. Uh so nothing there. Um Baba Miller already covered him in a previous episode. Nick Smith covered in a previous episode. Uh and Ryan Ruper lost $22 on uh got him for 415 a share and had to sell him for 233 a share. Okay. Um Okay, moving on to yours. So you didn't turn a profit over $100 on more than one. There's only one player that that worked out for you on.
1: So I was just a monster at just chipping away. So Max so Lewis, if Max anything, Lewis, $56. We might, we might want to say that mine was more of an impressive haul. Like you you had the biggest return, but I just grinded out the yeah, process. Yeah, you, you,
0: and you got guys who were slotted at 23 and went 21st, so... It, Hey. Brick by brick. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so wasn't like building one day. So like Max Lewis, you made fifty-six dollars on very sensible. I guess you had two different positions of Bryce Sensible. Uh one made seventy-three dollars, one made forty dollars. Huh? Uh Julian Strother, thirty-seven dollars. Walker, twenty-nine dollars. Uh duran jerky council already covered them. Adem Bona, you lost twenty-eight dollars on. Um
1: He'll make it up for me next year.
0: Keontae George was your biggest loser. Uh, you bought you ended up losing sixty nine dollars on him. You bought him at nine nice. seventy one. Had to sell him for six twenty five. Uh, Colby Jones, you lost two dollars on. Um, Marcus Sasser, you made twenty eight dollars on. Jordan Hawkins, you made seventy four dollars on. Uh, Brandon Podzemski, you had two different positions in. Uh, you made fifty four dollars on one and eighty five on another. <laughs> Airpods,
1: um, baby, that's a big
0: <laughs> one. Oh, I should have just bought more. <laughs> um, Jalen Clark, you lost four dollars on. Amari Bailey, you made nine and a half dollars on. James Naji, you made two dollars on. <laughs> um, <laughs> you bought one share of him for a dollar and he went for two twenty-three. <laughs> uh, but you're big, you're big one. You should have bought more than fifty shares. Bilal Kulabali, you bought at two sixty. Uh you ended up selling him at fourteen twenty nine. You made four
1: hundred and eighty-four dollars on him. Or $584 on them. Yeah, I should have gone way in on that one. Well, hey, that was a fun one. Next year, it'll be more aggressive, but that was really fun. I'm happy about that. I'm excited for next year. We're going to talk about it in Vegas in person and plan something out because we want to make that an actual, like, fun competition for everyone. It's awesome getting those DMs and those, like, messages of just, like, yeah, I want to play with you guys. All right, yeah, we're in. Let's do this. So we had a ton of those. We're excited about it, but. All right, Rucker.
0: Um, this was a blast. Good. Plug yeah. away.
1: Lengthy one, but thank you guys for being here. Um, I'm at Tyler underscore Rucker. No com. I'll have a couple pieces next week. Summer League preview. You can check out every roster. I'll have highlights on every name um, that I can process in my brain. Um, I'll also have a draft review piece going up next week. And then we're going to Vegas me and Metcalf are going to have some fun. We're going to be watching, you know, Leonard Miller do some dangerous things on the court. We're excited about it. So make sure you guys are, are staying up to date with our content. I'm sure we'll be having plenty of live shows and podcasts from Vegas, but Metcalf thanks as always. And uh, I'll see you next week.
0: Absolutely. And listeners, if you're out of Vegas at summer league, come say hi. We'd love to meet you guys. Um, everyone have a fun and safe, uh, July 4th holiday weekend. um, but once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at Tmetcalf11. You can find all of our merchandise at NoCeilingsNBA.BigCartel.com. All of our written work at NoCeilingsNBA.com. We got a lot of summer league previews uh, coming next week. Uh, draft grades from Rucker coming soon as well. I will also have a FIBA 19 World Cup recap up on the site next week. It's all 100% free. Make sure to go subscribe to make sure that you don't miss anything that we put out. You can follow us across all socials at no NBA and on YouTube at no TV. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and five-star rating. Till next time, see ya.